It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience. And without robbing you of the joy, of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. It's Friday. It's the end of the week. And I got a special idea planned for Fridays for the time being, I guess, for, for a little while. It's Mock Draft Friday. We're going to do our first Mock Draft. I'm hoping to have some people here on Spotify, on our Spotify Green Room page um, to help us make some picks. I, there's at least one person in there already. So we'll do a live Mock Draft. We'll talk a little about the NBA Draft and where the Magic stand. I did a, I did a fresh lottery spin for us. So let's do it. It's time for another episode of Locked On Magic. Play the intro. You are Locked On Magic. Your daily Orlando Magic Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is April 22nd, 2022. My name is Philip Ross and Reich. I'm the site expert and editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Today's episode of Locked on Magic is also streaming on Spotify Green, on Spotify Live now, I guess it's called. Um, and it is our first mock draft. It is our first mock draft Friday of the draft season. We're going to do this, I think, fairly regularly. I'm going to try and hold myself to this 
every Friday leading up to the draft. We're going to run through a mock draft uh, and see where the magic are at and, and talk a little bit about the prospects. So if you're joining us uh, live on Spotify Live, uh, feel free to participate. I'm looking for you guys to make picks too, to, to have something to play off of a little bit. Um, maybe I'll have a guest on to do a mock draft with as well. We're going to go through the top six picks. Those are the six guys that the Magic, those are the six picks that the Magic can have, the six picks that the Magic care about. Um, so, we're, so we're just going to talk and run through some scenarios um, as far as the NBA draft goes, talk about who we like, who we don't like. So as always, if you're if you're listening on Spotify Live as I'm recording this, um, am I unmuted Oh, I, I was muted that entire time, so I apologize. Um, if you're on, on the Spotify Live, um, feel free to jump in. We're doing a mock draft Friday today, so we're going to talk all about the NBA draft. We're going to talk all about the magic scenarios in the NBA draft. I'm looking for you guys, um, for those of you that are in there, to uh, to be part of this mock draft, to make picks yourself. So feel free to, to send speaker requests, and we'll talk about these prospects. The plan here is to talk about the top six picks, obviously, in the NBA draft, the six, play, the six picks that the magic can actually have. I ran through a, 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 a tankathon spin, a fresh tankathon spin, so we could uh, see different scenarios and see how they play out. The plan is every Friday to do a fresh kind of mock draft as well. So if you're in Spotify Live, feel free to make a, a, a speaker request, talk in the discussion, uh, feel free to ask questions. We're going to try and do the first three picks in the first segment, the next three picks in the last segment, and then any other magic questions you might have. Uh, in our final segment of the show. But before we do that, we want to thank you for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it is uh, first thing in the morning, whether it is right now as we're getting ready to upload, whether it's on the Spotify Live, whether it's over the weekend, truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's great Locked On podcasts covering every single team in the NBA, no matter who your team is. Check it out wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Obviously, the, the big thing for the Orlando Magic right now, um, the big focus for the Orlando Magic, we're recapping the season still. We're still kind of dissecting what happened in the 82 games that are the NBA regular season. Uh, but our focus for the offseason, the big move that the Magic are going to make this offseason is still the NBA draft. The NBA draft lottery is not until May 17th, so we're officially in the final four-week countdown to the NBA draft uh, to, uh, to, to knowing where the Magic sit. And, and so much of what this Magic team is going to do so much of what this Magic team is going to be capable of is going to be determined based off of who they end up at in, in the NBA draft. Um, obviously, last year, there's a lot of disappointment landing fifth. Everyone felt like we got a, a life raft thrown to us with Jalen Suggs, but, you know, again, just uh, Jalen Suggs struggles. I think he'll still be very, very good, but some of Jalen Suggs' struggles certainly, certainly suggests that these NBA guys know a lot more than uh, schlubs like us. But I, I still think it's really valuable to go through these exercises, to go through – um, these mock drafts and, and have a better understanding of how these scenarios play out and, and what that means to uh, what that means for the magic, for the, the kind of players that they could get. And, and honestly, who they're targeting. I mean, even doing these projects can kind of reveal what the big board might look like and who, who, who magic fans are comfortable with at least, but who the magic might be comfortable as well. So what I've done is I've done a fresh tankathon spin. I've done a fresh spin on the tankathon uh, wheel. Uh, and we have our top four of Oklahoma City 1, San Antonio 2, Orlando 3, Detroit 4, and obviously Houston and Indiana will be 5 and 6. So we do have the Orlando Magic at the third pick in the draft. So Oklahoma City will take the first pick in the draft. Um, if, if there's anyone that wants to pick for any of these teams, just raise your hand, make a speaker request uh, so we can, we can have some discussion on it. Obviously, you can uh, write comments in the discussion as well. Um, Daniel Mortensen makes his mock draft. We'll, we'll talk maybe a little bit about that specifically. Um, it's not so far off of what I think would happen, but 
Um, with the first pick in, in the draft, I'll go ahead and take it for Oklahoma City. Um, I do think Oklahoma City would take Chet Holmgren. Um, it, 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 if you talk to Thunder fans, um, if you talk to Thunder fans, they have been all about Chet Holmgren from the very, very start. They've been all about uh, they're all about this guy. He fits their profile. They love these kind of rangy, versatile, versatile bigs. Um, your, your Josh Giddy, obviously, he's an oversized point guard. Your Alexei Pokashevskis, your you know, those are the kind of guys that they've always kind of targeted. And, and Oklahoma City fans have really, really kind of fixated on Chet Holmgren as the guy that Sam Presti is after. That, that that's the guy that Sam Presti would would want. Um, you look at Oklahoma City's roster; they have Shea Gilgis Alexander. I, I think they're still very married to him. He doesn't seem so upset with how the Thunder have managed these last few seasons as he's kind of developed into an All Star caliber player. Um, but I, I, I think that. I think that um, I think that Chet Holmgren fits really well into that roster. Gives them a good big to to build around. They they probably need to find uh, you know I forget who played center for them this year. Not Stephen Adams, obviously. Um, they they would probably I, I think whoever drafts Chet Holmgren. I mean this is gonna be the big debate. We'll have this debate I'm sure on a later episode. Um, it, it's it, the big debate with Chet Holmgren is do you need a, a center next to him? Do you have to play him at power for at least the beginning? Um, I, I do think if the Magic draft him, they're in a good spot to kind of support him. They've got a lot of guys that can kind of take the pressure off of him offensively. They got Wendell Carter, who can guard the bigger centers and, and take kind of more of the physical players in the league and, and have Chet play the four. I think the way the Magic used Mo Bamba this year is very much the same way they would use Chet Holmgren. The question is, is Chet Holmgren a better version of Mo Bamba? And, and I think in a lot of respects, he is. Um, unlike Mo, all due respect to Mo Bamba, um, Chet Holmgren is not afraid of contact. That guy's going to seek out contact despite his frame. Uh, so I, I do think that Chet, I, I do think that Chet, you know, there's a lot of questions about Chet. I'm not going to deny that. I'm not going to hide from that. Um, but I do think Chet Holmgren is, is a really strong play is a really, really strong player. Um, second pick in the draft. Uh, you know, I'm seeing, uh, I, if it's second pick in the draft, I have San Antonio with the, with the second pick in our, in our lottery spin here, Arthur M in his comments and his quick mock draft has, San Antonio taking Paolo Bancaro because they need a franchise player. Um, Daniel Mortensen did a quick six-player mock. He has uh, Jabari Smith going one to Oklahoma City, Chet Holmgren going to San Antonio at number two. Um, I don't think that that is completely out of the out of the question. Um, I, I would I would agree that San Antonio probably isn't a place for Chet Holmgren. I don't think that's necessarily the kind of player that they chase after. Um, but I, I I do kind of agree. That that they're hoping for Jabari or Paolo in, in this situation, this scenario. Um, and Arthur, you're going to take Paolo, so I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to make that the pick. I kind of think they would take Jabari. I, I think they just want the kind of smarter player. They want someone that's going to kind of fit into the system a, a little bit better for them. They have an All Star in, in, in Dejounte Murray. Um, you know, but again, I don't think you could go, go wrong with either Paolo or or Jabari Smith at this point. I think Jabari. I still have Jabari Smith number one on my board. But I am beginning to shift a little bit on that. I am beginning to think that Paolo should probably be the number one guy on my board. And it's for the exact reason um, that you're saying here, Arthur. So, you know, since we're at this point, uh, I think with the third pick, if Chet's off, you know, certainly with Chet off the board, with one of Paolo or Jabari off the board, I do think Orlando would be picking between Paolo and Jabari, Paolo Boncaro and Jabari Smith. So let's have that discussion right now. Let's have that debate right now. Let's really dig into it. Um, if you're listening on the Spotify live, make a comment, make a speaker request. Who do you, why do you like Paolo Bancaro more? Why do you like Jabari Smith more? I, I think that's, that's going to be one of the central debates of this NBA draft. So I'm definitely looking for 
your input. If you're if you're in the Spotify Live, um, go ahead and make a speaker request too. We'll, we're we're, de we're definitely recording everything at this point. Um, but I, I would say this: I, I still have Jabari Smith number one on my board. I think he's just a, a so just a really solid player. He's a great defender. He's good defensive instincts. Um, some of it is just I think his backstop is his his kind of downside. If he if he doesn't become a star player. Um, his downside, I think, is a lot better. It's a lot. It's a much higher floor. He's already he's already a great three point shooter. I think that will translate to the NBA. He's already a good defender. He's got good size. I think that will translate to the NBA. I, I've come to kind of describe Jabari Smith as the mix of Seattle Rashard Lewis and Orlando Rashard Lewis, and, and I'm saying that partly because of the Orlando connection. Um, but he's got the athleticism, and people forget what Seattle Rashard Lewis was like because his best years, Frank, honestly, his most impactful years, maybe not his best years, but his most impactful years were in Orlando. Um, Seattle Rashard Lewis was a super athlete. He was really good at getting in the basket, really good finishing, great post-up player. Everyone forgets how good of a post-up player Rashard Lewis was because of the way that Orlando ended up using him. Um, but but he's also got Rashard's shooting ability like he did in Orlando, and I think that's a really, really valuable player. But to the point that Arthur made about Paolo, um, uh, about Paolo, is that a star player? Is Richard Lewis a guy you can build your roster around? And, and I agree with that criticism. And, and I'm again, I'm going to be really, really hard on myself here. I want to focus on what guys can do over what they can't do. You're not drafting guys based on what they can't do. Drafting guys based on what they can do. And Jabari Smith is a very, very talented player. Um, and, and I think he, he can make an impact immediately. He can make an impact in a smaller role. He can make an impact in a bigger role. Um, you know, and again, I think the question is what, what is the bigger role that he can take on? How, how big of a role can he have? And so in that case, yes, I agree with you, Arthur. Um, Paolo is a more complete and finished product as a score, as a number one option, as a guy who can kind of take over games. Um, to me, what impressed me most at Duke, what impressed me most during the NCAA tournament, you don't want to put too much emphasis on the NCAA tournament. What impressed me most about Paolo Bancaro in the NCAA tournament was how he uh, took over games and how Duke went to him at the end of games. Um, Jabari Smith, he can kind of float around out there. Now, Auburn didn't run a lot of plays for him. And that, honestly, that's probably one of the reasons why they lost so early in the tournament. In key moments, and honest, and, and again, the reason why Duke probably lost to North Carolina is they didn't get the ball to Paolo enough. They didn't, they, 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 they didn't go to him. Um, Paolo... I think is a more traditional guy that you dump the ball to and he gets a bucket. Um, he's more your traditional star player. And yes, I do think that is really valuable. I do think that that is really, really important for a team like the magic. You look at the magic, their biggest issues this season uh, were their inability to break switching defenses. I think about the way Boston plays defense. I think about the way Miami plays defense. Just, just watch the playoffs right now. Everybody's switching. Everybody's switching, and the best teams, what Dallas did last night against Utah, is they hunted Donovan Mitchell. They spread out Rudy Gobert out of the paint. They, they played pick and roll until Donovan Mitchell was on Jalen Brunson, and they attacked Donovan Mitchell unendingly. Orlando doesn't have a guy who can make that attack. Now, Luka can certainly make that attack. Jalen Brunson's shown that he can make that attack. The Magic tried to do that with Cole Anthony. They tried to have Cole Anthony be that attacking guy, and switching defenses killed him. Cole Anthony, the biggest thing he has to work on this offseason is learning how to attack switching defenses. And frankly, he may just may not be good enough to do it at, at the highest levels or against the best the best teams or, or in a way that'll help Orlando win. That might honestly be be the truth. Um, at, at the same time, you know, I, I do think Paolo has that ability. Duke went to him. He, I mean, he's just 
the biggest dude on the floor. And, and so, I, I, you know, I haven't done my latest big board yet. I just released a mock draft. As I was doing that mock draft, I had the Magic take Paolo Bancaro with the first pick. I had him take him with the second pick. I, I do think I'm going to end up with Paolo Bancaro as my number one overall player on my big board by the end of this process. Um, as Daniel Mortensen asked, and I think this is a really fair question about Paolo, would the Magic be scared off of Paolo due to the defense being average at best? Um, I, I do think that's a little bit of a concern, but I think some of it is also put him in an environment where he has to defend or put him in an environment where he has good defenders around him. Not that Duke didn't have bad defenders, but the NBA is a little bit of a different animal. And, and I think putting him in a defensive system and a defensive first system, not a system that's kind of there to make him look good necessarily. Obviously, every system should be made to look everyone look good. Um, but I do think Bancaro showed defensive potential. Um, he's got all the tools. He's got all the all the all the size that that you would want from a, from a good defender. Um, but it's um, it's definitely uh, I, I think it's definitely a a a, uh, a thing that Paolo has to want to be a good defender and, and not having that desire. I, I think that does send up a little bit of a red flag. But look, Paolo Bancaro's defense it was it wasn't good. You're right. He was an average defender he can become a better defender. He, that's something that he can work on and improve on. It's not that the will or the desire to defend isn't there. And, and I would definitely say there are, there, are, there are moments where maybe it wasn't. But when I watched him, I'd be like, he can make that play. He can he, he, show, he showed me he can make these little plays and, and he just maybe doesn't do it all the time. Um, this isn't Marvin Bagley. You know, Marvin Bagley is going to be my punching bag today. Um, this isn't Marvin Bagley who Duke, who never played zone defense, played zone defense to cover up his mistakes, and he just didn't know where he was. Where he was, and that, you know, honestly, that's as much a reason why Marvin Bagley's flamed out more than anything. He's just not a good defender, and, and he's gotten better. Obviously, um, I think he's kind of learned that he's going to have to defend. But coming out of Duke, he was a terrible defender, um, and so I, I think that's a concern. But at the end of the day, think about the Magic's biggest need. Think about the biggest thing that this team needs. They need a score. They need a hands down 20 point per game guy, a guy who's going to maybe, maybe on occasion drop 30, maybe on occasion, maybe when they absolutely need it, get a 40 point game in the playoffs, be that guy that they can turn to and break a defense. That's the guy the magic need. You can't, you can't really get a rebuild going without it. And if you ask me, um, and this is why I'm starting to lean toward Paolo being number one on my, on my board. If you ask me, Paolo Bancaro is the best guy at that in this draft class and in this group. And, and so, you know, I think, I think at this point I am beginning to believe that Paolo Bancaro should go number one for Orlando. Uh, if he's still on the board when they draft a two or three, I think that's the guy. And I think that's, that's the pick. Um, Andres Madrid st stepping in here says no to Chet. Don't trust our talent development. Say we'll get all the potential out of him. Um, and, you know, again, if you don't trust the, the, the development staff or the, or the coaching development staff for one player, you shouldn't trust them for any player. That's, that's the honest truth. Um, my concern with Chet Holmgren is that I don't think the Magic have the ecosystem to get the most out of him. It, it's it's they just they just don't have the kind of the the driving player to get him. They'll be relying on him too much. He's not ready maybe to take on that big of a responsibility immediately. I think I don't even think Oklahoma City is necessarily the best fit for him. Um, I think honestly, of all the teams, I think Detroit would be the best landing spot for Chet Holmgren. They have Cade Cunningham to take on the scoring role. They have Sadiq Bay to spread the floor out. They have Isaiah Stewart to kind of help him guard the tougher, bigger centers in the league. Um, I, I, I don't, I, I think the magic have some infrastructure to help Chet Holmgren out a little bit more. They have Wendell Carter as that backstop. They have Jalen Suggs who they're trying to develop. They have Franz Wagner. They're not going to need Chet Holmgren to do a lot offensively other than trail uh, and, and be around, be a presence around the rim. 
They got some guys defensively who can cover for him for a little bit, but I do agree Orlando maybe isn't as developed enough to get the most out of him, and they'll be asking him to do too much. I think with Chet Holmgren, the big thing in his development is, A, get his body, figure out figure out how you need to build up his body, um, and then put him, in, put him in a role that he can succeed in very early on. Don't try and give him too much, because if he tries to get too much, he might wear down. You do have those injury concerns. I, I don't think those are... Are are crazy to look at, um, but I, I I think I think that the Magic certainly have a lot more that they can they can do. Um, Jamel Cofield asks if Banchero is off the board, why not look at Shane Sharp or Jay Nivey? I mean, we don't have a legitimate two guard that can score at will. That's something we're going to talk about here coming up after a, a quick break. Um, as I think those are the next two guys on on the board as well. But before we get into that, I want to say a quick word from our pals at Truebill. Do you know why free trials are new without your consent? It's really a business scam out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 per year with Truebill. Truebill has more than 2 million users and helped them save more than $100 million. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Today's podcast also brought to you by Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. All Built Bars are covered in 1% real chocolate, so you get that chocolate fixing need at 3 in the afternoon that we all need and want. They come in great flavors. Um, such as a yummy cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, mint brownie, all the great flavors that you could want. They most built bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Let's continue on with our mock draft today. Uh, picks, uh, uh, everyone's starting to talk about the guards a little bit. So picks four, five, and six are Detroit, Houston, and Indiana um, in, in our mock draft order. But but I think I think maybe we need to break the mock draft um, train a little bit to talk a little bit about these guards, um, Shaden Sharp and Jaden Ivey. Um, Andres Madrid adds, I really like Jaden Ivey. Have him second on my big board would only take Jabari Smith over him. Um, Andres, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push, push you on that a little bit. Um, what do you what do you really like about Jay Nivey? Because uh, I'm not going to lie, um, Jay Nivey's probably going to be the guy that I'm really going to have to hold my feet to the fire to here. About do I you know do we really like him? Do I really like him? Um, do, where does he really fit? But um, kind of keeping with the conceit of our mock draft here, the fourth pick in the draft goes to the Detroit Pistons. They obviously have Kate Cunningham. They've got Sadiq Bay. Those are probably your two cornerstone guys. I think Detroit's really hoping to get one of the bigs, whether it's Paolo, whether it's Jabari, whether it's Chet, uh, in this draft. But if they don't have those guys available, I do think their world opens up completely. Um, uh, I, I think their world really opens up completely. And I'm starting to really come around on the idea that Shaden Sharp might be the guy, might be might be the guy to put in this in that top four. Wouldn't surprise me either if Detroit goes with Keegan Murray, who I'm high on, but maybe has a little bit less upside. Um, but you know, maybe Shaden Sharp is the move there. Um, if you don't know who Shaden Sharp is or don't know his story, Shaden Sharp uh, enrolled early at Kentucky, a year early at Kentucky, um, and the Wildcats were unsure if he was going to be eligible. They didn't want the will he won't he play thing, so they said very early in the season, 
He's not playing this year with the idea and thought that he might come back a year since he was a year younger than everyone. Turns out Shaden Sharp is getting enough buzz. There's enough people who think he is a top 10 pick, very easily a top 10 pick, potentially a top five pick, potentially more. I've seen some people say that he might be the best player in this draft period, um, that he is going to enter the NBA draft and it does appear that he's going to stay despite what John Calipari said, that it's not for sure that he's going to stay in the NBA draft. Um, I've watched a little bit of tape on Sharp. I'm starting to, to, to study up on him a little bit. Uh, he is a dynamic player, just a really dynamic guy. Uh, I really like. Um, I really like that he's able to score. He can finish well uh, above the rim, around the basket. Uh, he's really good at. Uh, he's really really good. I think at. Um, um, just, just, uh, just being a presence in the paint, which is you know scary for a guy who's six six and, and a guard. Um, he can get to the basket, he can finish above the rim. He's got NBA three point range. And some of the highlight videos I saw, he was comfortably shooting NBA threes, not even the NBA threes, like those 20, 28, 29, 30 foot threes. Um, this guy, you know, again, I, I think the big question with him is we haven't seen him play for a year. We don't know what he even looks like against college guys. Um, his agent, whoever he hires to kind of run his pre draft stuff, going to be very, very careful with him. I think I don't think we'll see him compete and uh, compete a lot against other people. Um, which, you know, again, I, I think that's the right move for him. Keep the mystery up a little bit. Um, you know, find the guys that, that really like you and kind of really push push them a little bit. Um, but Sharp, I think, does check a lot of boxes. Um, for the Magic, for the Magic, I think that the guard position is a little bit tricky for them uh, because they like Markel Fultz. Um, we, got, we got to see what he looks like healthy. They like Jalen Suggs. So they got both guard spots kind of filled a little bit already. And again, I don't think you want to say that anything's written in pen for this Magic team. If Shaden Sharp is the top guy on your board is the top guy in the draft is the top guy that you believe in stay with him, go with him right now. The goal is to collect talent. If you're the Orlando magic goal, number one for this NBA draft for the Orlando magic is collect talent, get the most talented players. You can um, get the, get the best guys that you can get. This team needs top end talent more than anything else. And that's, I think that's why we're starting to lean toward Paolo so much more um, sharp, Sharp, I think, has that ability. I think he, ha- I think he might be the best guard, and and we'll have plenty of Jay Nivey, Shane Sharp debates, I'm sure, coming up uh, uh, on that point. So with Houston at number five, um, I think that they ultimately would end up taking Jay Nivey, and and so there's a lot of questions about Jay Nivey here. Um, Daniel Mortensen asks, is Hi- is Ivy more a one or two? Um, a lot of people, I've seen Ivy kind of all over the place on the board, and I will admit I am a little bit lower on Ivy. I, I don't I think ultimately he plays one, but he's not a real one. You're gonna need a playmaker next to him. He his passing at Purdue wasn't fantastic. I think he averaged only like three or four assists per game. Um, he is a scorer. Um, and and this is and, and everyone's kind of starting to compare him to like a baby John Morant because he has that athleticism, he has the ability to attack the glass, to attack the paint, to attack the rim and finish above the rim. His shooting though is really suspect and not and and he's he look, he didn't have nearly the college career that John Morant had, even factoring in that he played for Murray State and played against weaker competition. Um, I do have a lot of concerns about Jaden Ivey. Um, and again, I, I will I'll try and stick to it, focus on what a guy can do over what he can't do. Um, he is great getting to the basket, great finishing at the rim, great finishing above the rim, can get hot, can hit all those threes. Um, and so I do think that there is something there. I wouldn't be against picking Jaden Ivey, but I will say Shane Sharp's rising on my board. I really like Keegan Murray. I really like the consistency that he brings. Um, and, and kind of the experience that he has. 
Um, I, I, I'm getting every time I've watched Jane Nivey, I have come away not as impressed as I would like to be. Certainly, the way that they played against St. Peter's was concerning. It felt like he needed to take over that game, and he just never did. Uh, and and some of that might have been Matt Painter and the way Purdue used him, but the way his usage rate and his field goal attempts would suggest that yeah, he he could have and should have taken over that game. And and when he finally did, it was too late. Um, so there's a little bit of timing there and a little bit of basketball sense that that I worry about as well with him. But again. I would say this, guys. There are seven players that I'm really comfortable in this draft, comfortable taking in this draft. Um, the, the five guys that we've already mentioned, uh, Pal, uh, Chet Holmgren, Paolo Bank, sorry, Pet, uh, Chet Holmgren, Paolo Bancaro, um, Jabari Smith, Shane Sharp, Jane Nivey. I'm real comfortable with all those guys. I'm really comfortable with Keegan Murray, who I think would go six, six in this draft to Indiana. Um, I, he's, he's just a really good shooter. Um, really long arms, you know, again, checks all the boxes at the magic, like experienced guy. I think he'd step in and play a role immediately. We see what he could do more. He's a little bit older than the rest of the players in this draft class, especially, but we've seen Mikhail Bridges continue to develop. We've seen Desmond Bain continue to develop. I don't think that's quite the detriment that people want to make it out to be. Um, you know, Keegan Murray is going to be able to contribute. I think he will continue to get better as well um, and, and be able to contribute on both ends of the floor. Um, and then Benedict Matherin of Arizona. I'm really comfortable with Benedict Matherin. I'm beginning to think that he might have a little bit more to him. Uh, at the very least, I think he's a three and D wing. Um, those are always super valuable. You always want to find those guys. Uh, and, and so I think that there's always, uh, there's, there's, there's a lot more he can do. He had the best to me. He had the best individual game in the entire, um, in the entire NBA draft and the entire NCAA tournament against TCU. Uh, I, I think that there's 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 definitely a lot more to unlock. He's still very new to the game. Actually, I think he didn't start playing basketball or organized basketball till his sophomore or junior year of college of high school. Um, I, I really like him. Uh, and so those seven guys, look, the Magic can't draft lower than six. I feel really comfortable with any of those six, seven guys that the Magic could possibly take. Of uh, you know, yeah, I, I would even say I have to watch more Nikola Jovic, but I'm not against that either. Although I, I think Jovic is a little bit lower on, on most people's boards and most people have um, him there. So that's going to be our mock draft Friday for the, for this week. Um, you know, just kind of running through some of the scenarios, running through some of these prospects. Um, I'll, I'll hang around here for the next five, 10 minutes or so. If you want to ask some magic questions, um, obviously we have the Terrence Ross news, Ross, Ross news out. Feel free to make a speaker request. If you want to jump on the show as well, um, we'll, I'll read through your comments, stay on here for another five minutes or so, but First, let me get a quick word in about Shady Rays. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Also something you won't find anywhere else is Shady Rays' insane protection program. Uh, Shady Rays includes lost and broken protection on every pair. They will send you a brand new pair if you lose them no matter what happened. So give them a try, and if you don't love them, you will pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to fight. Hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays. Exclusively for our listeners, head to ShadyRays.com and use Locked On. Use code Locked On to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's code Locked On for the best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Rays sunglasses backed by more than 150,000 verified five-star reviews. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? 
Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow alternate routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to alternate routes early and ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus. So uh, we're going to close the show out here uh, probably in the next five minutes or so. Well, I'm going to try and do these uh, mock draft sessions, whether it's here on Spotify Live or on the Twitter on Twitter spaces, whatever. It might be more um, more convenient for everybody. Um, I apologize for doing this late. This idea came to me late and something I want to try and pursue a little bit. Um, so we'll we'll do we'll do these fairly regularly. Um, you know, again, the point of this exercise, the point of these mock draft exercises, is to um, is to just kind of play through these scenarios. Uh, NBA teams do mock drafts too. They play through these scenarios. They say, okay, if this happens, then what? Then what do we do? Then then where, what? how does our board look if this happens? Um, they, it's all about the preparation for the draft. And obviously, it gives us a chance to talk a little bit about the prospects, to talk a little bit about uh, what we think about these guys and, and how they fit in the magic ultimately, because that's ultimately what matters. So for this final segment of the show, I want to take your magic questions, anything you have, whether it's about the draft, whether it's about the team itself, whether it's about what the magic do in, in free agency, whether it's about the playoffs. And obviously we can learn a lot from the playoffs. We'll talk more about that as the postseason continues here on the show. Um, but Daniel Mortensen uh, says, AJ Griffin strikes me as a magic front office favorite. Um, I will admit I am not the biggest AJ Griffin fan. I think he's kind of the, the, I, I don't know what he does really well. Um, you know, I think he's a decent defender. I think he's a decent three-point shooter. I, I don't know what he does really well, and, and that's the part that that concerns me. Um, let's hear from Daniel with a, a speaker request here on Spotify Live. Uh, Daniel, how's it going, man? How about you? I am doing good. Um, what, what, what's your question today? So my question is as far as Jalen Suggs and what uh, he can do as, other than obviously get a three-point shot this offseason to improve uh, his standing, I guess, for the future of the team offensively? Yeah. Um, so I have two things that I think Jalen Suggs really needs to work on this offseason. Three-point shooting is a given. Everyone needs to continue to improve their three-point shooting. The biggest thing for me for Jalen Suggs is to improve his pick-and-roll tree. Um, if I, I think, uh, um, if I'm not mistaken, the way a lot of NBA teams think through or train their players is, is a pick-and-roll tree. It's, okay, you come around the screen, defender is dropping. What do you do? Or this is your read when the defender drops, or this is your read when the defender comes up or when they trap or when they blitz, um, you know, or, you know, you, you attack that guy, you know, guy from the wing comes in. It's, it's literally a decision tree. It's okay. If this happens, then that um, Jalen Suggs, they didn't run a lot of pick and roll with Jalen Suggs this year. His handle was a little bit loose. Um, so working on the pick and roll tree, working on pick and roll scenarios, that's going to tighten up his handle. That's gonna that's gonna accomplish a lot of the things that the Magic need him to accomplish and help slow him down. Just getting comfortable in those situations is gonna slow him down and allow him to see the floor in a different way and allow him to be better in every other aspect of his game. Um, 
I, I'm a big, I, I do believe in, in kind of the Drew Hanlon approach. Master one thing every offseason. You're not going to be perfect at everything right off the bat. You're not going to be perfect at everything kind of building up toward, toward it. Um, so I do think what Jalen Suggs needs to do, continue improving his three-point shot. That's a given. But get better as a pick-and-roll ball handler. That's going to slow him down. That's going to accomplish a lot of things that the Magic need him to accomplish to be a better offensive player moving forward. Um, so, so thanks for the question, uh, Daniel. Uh, Dominique Villalo, sorry if I mispronounced that, um, asked Phil, so with the Magic protected to have $32 million in cap space, what do you expect them to do with it? Resigning Bamba would take a chunk of it away, or do you think they'll be a facilitator for trades this offseason? Um, obviously, a lot of it starts with the draft. Um, so yeah, the Magic take Chet Holmgren in the draft, Mo's gone. Um, I, I, I don't see the reason to have both of those guys. You have Mo Wagner. Wagner is going to be your third center or your, your, your third center. Um, I think what the Magic will ultimately try and do with that cap room is find a veteran. I think they will be a facilitator in trades. I think this is going to be a very active offseason for trades. Not a lot of teams have money to move. Not a lot of teams have cap room to spare. Um, so they're going to be looking to the teams that do have cap room, the Spurs, the Pistons, the Magic, um, as teams for a little bit of a dumping ground for a little bit of help. And obviously Orlando has Terrence Ross to dangle around. Um, they, they, have some, they have some guys that they can move around. I think Mo Bamba will generate some sign-and-trade interest, so there's an opportunity there as well. Um, but I do think what the Magic will ultimately do, what their Magic's ultimate goal is to find a veteran to kind of support this roster. It still would not surprise me if the Magic bring back Gary Harrison, if that's not one of the priorities for this season. Um, I do think that it's very, very possible that Orlando is looking to bring Gary Harris back on something like a three-year. The way I calculate it out is like three years, maybe like 55 you know, somewhere in the 50 to $55 million range, front load that baby too. Um, they're, you know, obviously not spending money on the back end, spend your money on the front end, give Gary Harris like 16, 17, $18 million. Now, by the end of his contract, it's 14, 13, you know, it's 15, 14, 13, somewhere in there. I'd have to, I'd have to, I'd have to do some of the math on that. Um, from there, um, you know, again, obviously I think what the magic are trying to do is strategically, Though, okay, we're going to plan to be competitive by 2025, 2026. That's when we think we're going to be ready. That's when we're going to be ready for our all-in trade. Um, players don't move in free agency anymore, um, to be perfectly honest. Like, DeAndre Aiden's going to resign. Um, Zach Levine's going to probably resign. Miles Bridges, I think, will probably end up resigning. Free agency isn't how you move players around anymore. For, or it's very, very rare, I think. Or, you know, that's not just not how big moves are done anymore. You collect players, you have salaries you can move, you move them in trades. Trading is, I think, the main way that players move around now. Donovan Mitchell isn't going to give up you know, a Supermax in Utah just because he hates Utah. He's going to take a Supermax in Utah, and in two years, he's going to be aggravated, and his agent's going to push him to a trade to you know, wherever. To, you know, that, that's, that's, that process is already happening, to be perfectly honest. Um, so I do think that the Magic need to be smart with their money. They need to spend it on people who can help them and help them develop and grow. But they do need to spend. They need they need these big salaries that they're able to move around. Um, you know, you don't want to handicap yourself. Um, but but I do think that I do think that's part of the process as well. Uh, Jamel Cofield asks a really good question. Do you think we will keep Bull Bull, and how could we use him? Um, so there's two things here. If the Magic lose Mobamba, obviously their center only center is Wendell Carter. I think they'll get, end up guaranteeing the rest of Mo's Wagner's contract. So those are your two centers. They do need a third center. They probably need a real backup center at that point too. Um, so you do need to add a couple, couple players there. If they feel like Bull Bull can be that third center and they're comfortable with Mo Wagner as the backup, I'm I'm not quite there. 
then that I think Bull Bull has a place on this team. Bull Bull isn't a typical center. Denver played him a lot at the three. I don't think that's ultimately where he'll be, but um, ultimately I, I don't see the magic keeping Bull Bull. Um, I think that, I just don't think he fits. I think that A, they have these two really high value second round picks that they can use. They got to create roster space for them um, or they'll just move second round picks again, which is what the magic do usually do anyway, which I think is, you know, my biggest criticism of the front office at this point is um, they give away these really good opportunities to add quality players with high second round draft picks. Um, it, I, I would say it's probably 3367 that Bull Bull stays. Um, you know, I think there's obviously the chance they traded for him. They wanted him for a reason. They wanted to just kind of see where he's at, see what he can do. But at this point, Bull Bull's had a lot of really bad injuries. He hasn't played a lot. It's essentially bringing in another rookie. My, my biggest criticism, my biggest fear for this team moving forward into next season is that they're way too young, is that they're not going to be able to be competitive consistently enough. And, and that's, that's something that this team has to start moving toward. Um, again, I don't think I'm expecting the magic to make the playoffs next year. Um, I don't think, I, I don't think the magic necessarily make the playoffs next year or make the play in tournament next year, but they need to be winning 30 games. They need to start making more tangible steps forward. Um, you know, we're not, you know, Jamal Mosley, I think even said it after the last game, it's time to level up. You know, we, we took this year to develop. We took this year to learn, to grow, to get our basics down. Now we need to start applying it. Now there needs to be some pressure where winning actually matters. And it's not just about getting better. And, and I do agree with that notion as well. Um, Daniel Mortensen asks, if we bring Gary Harris back, what do you do with R with RJ backup three or Isaac insurance? Um, I've long thought that RJ Hampton's kind of the odd man out of this young group. Um, my concern is still that this group is too young, that there's too many young guys. There's too many guys that you have to develop. Um, I, I think you do need some players that you can just count on to do the small things consistently. And your variance is the young guys that you actually care about rebuilding. Um, so I, I thought Hampton was going to be the odd man out this year. I think I was kind of proven correct on that. I still think he's sort of the odd man out. Um, Hampton's got to play his way in. Um, you know, can he be a good three and D guy? Can he accept that role? That's going to be a huge part of, of his development. And honestly, I would say like a kind of hot take is if he does accept that my, my big hot take is I think RJ's future is more, it can, can be more secure than Cole Anthony's if he figures out how to be a consistent three and D guy and doesn't be this kind of breakneck point guard guy. He's not a point guard. He's a, he's a three and D wing. If he can accept that role, if he can build off that role, He's got a place on this team because he can be really, really good. Um, and, and I think I think Jamal Mosey did a great job developing the, him this off se this season and did a good job kind of fitting him into that role and getting him going in that role. Um, but it's uncertain. It's all uncertain for this team. You know, I think Orlando is still figuring out what kind of team they want to be. Or I think they know what kind of team they want to be, but they don't have the players to do it yet um, to figure out who they need to keep and who they actually need to build around. Um, Jamel Cofield asked my last question. Is what do you, is that? Do you see a scenario that we sign Giannis and I and, and that's Giannis Tima, not Giannis Antetokounmpo? Um, so there is a rumor going around, um, from a I think it's from a Spanish outlet. I haven't had the chance to really dig into it. Um, apparently the Magic are monitoring a guy, a, a player who plays in Spain, in Spain, um, uh, you know, and monitoring his contract situation. Um, I don't think Giannis Tima is going to end up on the Orlando Magic. As fun as he was in summer league, um, he didn't play that great at, in Lakeland for the, at the G League level. 
Um, I think that was their trial balloon. I think, A, that was a favor to, to make sure he was playing and to help him get a job somewhere and to help him latch onto a team somewhere. And I think he played well enough to do that. Um, but I, I don't think, A, A again, this team is really young as far as NBA experience. I know Giannis, is, Giannis' team is a little bit older. Um, this team is really young and experienced. And, and I think outside of the draft picks, the Magic have their draft. They have the first round pick, obviously, uh, in the top in the top six. They have the 32nd pick. They have the 35th pick. Um, you know, I think there's a potential that they could trade Terrence Ross and those two picks to get back into the first round, add another first round pick in there somewhere. Um, that would be the kind of trade that I would be targeting if I were Orlando. Um, find a guy that you really like in the back half of that first round and go for it. Um, but uh, I, I, I find it hard to find space for Giannis Tima. That's 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 honestly the biggest challenge for the Magic is finding space for everyone, finding opportunity for everyone. You don't want to draft someone that you're not going to give opportunity to, that you're not going to make them part of what you're doing and what you're building. Um, you know, you want to draft someone because you like them and you think they can play. You don't want to just draft them because you have a draft pick to spend. Um, uh, and so I think that's the biggest challenge with, you know, adding a free, adding free agents and adding players um, and adding more youth is making sure everyone has their fair shot. Um, like I said, I'm blanking on the guy's name. I haven't done the full research and full dive on him. There, there is a guy that that the Orlando Magic are reportedly looking into and reportedly um, uh, keeping an eye on in Spain. Um, it, I would imagine that's the guy that would fill that whatever spot is being held for Giannis Tima and, and that the Magic are, are kind of moving on uh, from that. Um, I want to thank everyone for joining. I'm sorry for the impromptu uh, Spotify Live here. Um, we'll try and do more of these mock draft exercises as we get closer and closer to the draft. Like I said, I'm going to try and make uh, mock draft Friday a thing. Um, so mark off 5:30 on Fridays until the NBA draft, certainly until the lottery, um, to do these kind of experiments, these kind of permutations, these kind of thoughts. We'll go over some of the draft prospects, some of the questions that you have, and, and, and kind of the different permutations um, as we get closer to the draft and as we examine what the Orlando Magic are going to do on draft night. But I want to thank everyone who was able to join on the Spotify Live. I want to thank everyone for listening uh, on the Locked On Magic feeds. I'll be posting this to the YouTube page as well as uh, to uh, the, the, the podcast feed as well. So I want to thank you all for joining for today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, you can follow me if you ever have any Orlando Magic questions at philiprr underscore omd. You can follow up. You can subscribe to the podcast, of course, on on. Apple, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Spotify, Aussie, and all of the places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Thank you all again for joining on the Spotify Live. Thank you all again for listening to Locked on Magic, however you do, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic. This has been Philip Ross and Mike. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.